welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I am Craig Moorhead, your co-host, as we talk about movies uh, currently from 1985. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, uh, known to many as Marky Mark All Apologies Wahlberg, <laughs> but tonight he is known simply as... Uh, the Legend of Sean Harwell. Mm. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing well. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know if that story will still be relevant when this thing drops, but uh, come on. I hope Marky Mark didn't apologize for Boogie Nights, man. Well, yeah. I mean, technically he didn't apologize. He just said it's at the top of his list of things he feels he should apologize for. I mean, frankly, there's no way he doesn't curse way more in The Departed than he does in Boogie Nights. I don't know. Maybe we'd have to do a count, but... Yeah. Boy. And I'm almost positive that he cold-blooded murders more people in the big hit yeah. than in Boogie Nights. Oh, there's but that's a lot just, more. Yeah. I'm guessing. I haven't seen Boogie Nights in a while. Uh, I don't remember him murdering anybody in that movie, Craig. Almost, almost none. We're going to do a tee-up episode again, so we're going to give you all the pertinent info that you need to know about these two movies, and then we'll have a much longer discussion about them once we sit down and watch them. I don't know about you, Craig, but I, I don't think I've seen either one of these movies. I've seen pieces of Desperately Seeking Susan, definitely nothing that I recall from the legend of Billie Jean. But mm-hmm. before we do that, i uh, got to point you to NeverHeardPodcast.com. That's our sort of central hub for finding uh, everything you want to know about the podcasts and back episodes and everything. Of course, yeah, we're on iTunes and Facebook and everywhere else. Uh, come say hello. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay to say hello. You don't have to. Don't be standoffish. There's really no reason to get mad at us. No, not at all. We're cool. Anyway, you know, Craig, I was thinking... Um, these two movies will be number 15 and 16 that we've watched from 1985 as part of our series here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we've covered a, a very wide variety of genres here. I don't think there's been, you know, an unflushable turd uh, among the bunch. No, not a single unflushable <laughs> turd. That's a really good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you ask me to pick my least favorite, I think I could easily. Mm-hmm. Two movies come, jump to mind, but that said, I think you know all of them have value and have been pretty interesting to check out, uh, especially Agreed. when thinking about you know the ones that have been successful versus the ones that are not, and like kind of how thin that line is a little bit. But I will say, okay. I was thinking definitely, despite the varieties of genre, not much diversity in, <laughs> at all in, no. in any of these. It's a very white world in 1985 so far. Very. I think very. We, we can change some of that soon enough. But also, yeah, we, we clearly have not talked about movies that maybe beyond Once Bitten, I think you could, you could argue, has a, uh, a woman in the, in the lead role or the, a central role at least. I don't, you know, maybe you could make the yeah. case for Weird Science, but that's not what we're talking about here. I mean, these two movies, definitely, yeah. Uh, the centerpiece revolves around women or a woman. Yeah. And so it's good. I'm excited to see both of these, if nothing else, because of that and sort of see what the world was looking like when filtered uh, through that POV at the Agreed. time. So I don't know. You want to talk about Miss Madonna first? Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Desperately Seeking Susan. If anyone wonders why people would go to see this movie, Madonna fans have the answer. She's just live. I mean, everything about her. She's fresh, yeah. She's body, her body. And she gave us some hints about her character. She's um, irresponsible, 
She is adventurous, she's courageous, and she's very vulnerable. Is she Madonna? We have some things in common. All right, so this is a movie. Interesting. Uh, you weren't ready for that, were I you? I did not, no. thought it was a classified. Yes. <laughs> uh, released March 29th, 1985. Fr- Friday the 13th, Part 5, and Beverly Hills Cop had been out for a while. Mm-hmm. And the reissue of Return of the Jedi opened that same weekend, though Police Academy 2 was one came out on top. But yeah, it was uh, it was up against some uh, some big ones. Yeah. Some big ones, Sean. So anyway, Desperately Seeking Susan, directed by Susan Seidelman, or possibly Seidelman. Couldn't get a confirmation on that. Okay. But I think I think Seidelman. I like Seidelman. I think that to me sounds... Let's go with that. That's okay. So, That's your name, lady. Uh, Sorry. Ms. Seidelman is best known, probably just to me, for the Roseanne Barr movie She-Devil. Wow, okay. Uh, I mean, other than this movie, obviously. Sure. But her whole, her whole filmography looks interesting as hell. Like, her first movie was called Smithereens. It's about a woman who moves to New York City to join the punk scene and, like, learns that the punk scene is kind of in L.A. now. And oh, so really? she, kind of like, goes on this road trip and it, like, has a bunch of punk folks in it. Richard Hell is in it. Stuff like that. That sounds awesome. Another movie she made is about this woman who has to... What is she? She's, like, a publicist who has to get, who has to, get to know this android who is played by John Malkovich. What? Uh, to do... Yeah, it's uh, like all of her stuff what? definitely has like <laughs> something to grab you with. And I, I think I'm going to go into this. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. Wait, what is that movie called? The, An- the Malkovich Oh, it's Andrew. called Making Mr. Right. Making Mr. Right, okay. Making Mr. Right is the one that came right after this one, actually. Okay. But it's produced by Sarah Pillsbury and Midge Sanford, who also produced River's Edge, which is great. Yeah. And uh, Eight Men Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Leora Barish, who uh, also wrote Basic Instinct 2. Huh. Uh, starring uh, our friend Rosanna Arquette. She's not actually our friend, but I'd like to think she would be our I friend. I wish she was, yeah. Um, After Hours, of course. Yeah. Uh, Pulp Fiction, doubly, of course. Crash, of course, and a million other movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's fantastic. Madonna, who you know for being Madonna. Yep. Apparently, uh, she auditioned, and the they, they, the producers asked her to take four weeks of acting lessons and come and audition again, and she did. And they were like, "That was not different from the first time." <laughs> but Susan Seidelman was like, "No, Madonna needs to be in this movie." Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just that's just smart. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Aiden Quinn, who was in the movies, uh, mm-hmm. the Handmaid's Tale, the the original movie. Okay. Uh, Benny and June. We know this stuff. He's on yeah. TV's Elementary right now. Yeah. Laurie Metcalf, who is freaking wow. great. Yes. From Roseanne and also a million other things, but she is always gold. Will Patton, mm-hmm. also from After Hours. Armageddon, every, literally every other movie. You're going to see Giancarlo Esposito. You're going to see Stephen Wright, John Turturro. They're all there. It's all loaded up. Like everyone who was in New York. I had no in idea. 1985. That's yeah, crazy. I watched the trailer for that the other day, and I don't remember seeing half of those people. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're all in in pretty small roles, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But like, but I mean, you won't miss them. Okay. Good. I kind of miss them right now. Yeah. Music by Thomas Newman, who did Revenge of the Nerds, also did in '85. Girls just want to have fun and real genius. Wow. Recently, he did Finding Dory. Yeah. Cinematography, Sean. Someone shot this movie. His name is Edward Lockman. He uh, also did Virgin Suicides, Aaron Brockovich, this year's Wonderstruck, Andrew Monshine, Monshine. I'm really not good with the <laughs> That's okay. That's uh, okay. pronunciations tonight. 
He edited this year's American Made. Yeah, so I, I wanted to have like things I could ask you. I'd be like, uh, so Sean, what do you think happens when blah, blah, blah? I couldn't set up, like with the trivia that I had, I couldn't set up a single question. I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> but I can tell you this, Rosanna Arquette, who is fantastic and clearly top build in this movie, mm-hmm. apparently won a Best Supporting Actress BAFTA for this movie. No kidding. And it's theorized because everyone thinks of this as a Madonna movie. And like uh-huh. Madonna's not nearly in it as much as you might think. I was going to say, it's definitely Rosanna's movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's no question about that. Okay. Some other folks who were up for the role of uh, Susan were Goldie Hawn, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Suzanne Vega, Ellen Barkin. Susan, of course, being Madonna. Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis was considered for a role at some point. <laughs> but not for the role of Susan, right? Uh, possibly. <laughs> He's, he is very <laughs> versatile. So, but but in, in the end, the movie came in number thirty-one for that year. Sean wow. uh, made Power twenty-seven Hulk. million dollars just after Nightmare on Elm Street two. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to to getting into this because yeah, this is this is one of those that I have I've seen pieces of, and I mean I have started it before. Yeah. And I feel like at least one of those times I was like, oh, I know what this this is going to be a crazy '80s pop movie, and Madonna's the main role. And I remember like starting to watch it, I was like, that's not what's happening. Right. And I and I stopped watching it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it now. What do you know about that movie? What are your feelings going in? I'm kind of like with you in thinking it's probably not what we were sold in the 80s. Uh, yeah. Because I, I really, I think even for the time, it was just like, okay, yeah, I guess Madonna's going to be a movie star now. <laughs> it, like there yeah. was just something sort of cynical. No, I'm not even cynical, but it just like, oh, well, this is the movie that you put Madonna in because she right. is amazingly popular right now. And having never been much of a Madonna fan myself and also knowing that anytime I wanted to see her act, I could just watch any of the 8 million videos that she was on, you know, during yeah, right. the MTV heyday. And which, you know, some of those are amazing, like they're really incredible you know, pieces of art, those videos. So I never felt really compelled to see this movie. I mean, certainly, you know, you and I being the age that we are. Obviously, you know, we're going to watch Goonies and, and you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and some of these other ones, Back to the Future, way before we get to Desperately Seeking Susan. That said, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that I, I never got to it. So yeah, this is why we do this show, to, to make us watch some of these things. So exactly, I'll be curious to know, like, really, like, wh- what the audience kind of break down this movie is. Like, how many of people our age actually saw this thing? Yeah specifically men and that's the other thing originally it was going to be a rated r movie and but then madonna started to blow up and no one mentions this but i think about like the year before purple rain came out oh yeah now that that did pretty well and i mean Mm -hmm. that was that was just literally it was almost just like they just put prints on screen just for two hours like that's all that was just be you and be purple so yeah right right but yeah she started to blow up so they they cut it down to a pg-13 and and you know tried to get the teens in there which i think yeah would have been really what a weird experience that might have been because i mm-hmm. remember the commercials for it and it was oh, like man. there's madonna so, there's madonna yeah. not only that like it, it definitely looks as if the character is sort of created to be like oh my god you won't believe what madonna is doing in this scene right kind of um yeah. Which is, that was her image at the time, for sure. Like, this yeah. is the woman that was dating or married to Sean Penn, and, like, she was not afraid to do whatever the hell she wanted to in the press, right? Right. She invited controversy. So 
that again is like another thing that's sort of like okay well this has to be really good to compete with real life a little bit so uh, I think all of that is just adding up to like now it's a great time to kind of watch that because certainly opinions, you know, aren't necessarily have changed about her, but she's matured for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, we've hopefully matured a little bit alongside with her. So, you know, I think, yeah, we'll be looking at this differently, certainly than we would have at the time. Hell yeah. Uh, I'll talk about Legend of Billie Jean, and interestingly enough, uh, I think this movie was also maybe slated to be a rated R movie and made its way to PG-13, which, as we've talked about before, was a little more friendly as far as what they would allow at the time than they do now. Oh, yeah. But anyway, I I didn't know really anything about this movie, and we'll save the synopsis for next week, but the the word haircut features prominently in the synopsis. (laughs) And I swear to God, like you look at the poster, and it's like, oh, there's a there's a woman with short hair, and like you know, it seems like okay, like they're really gonna make a big deal out of that. <laughs> I think they did. The Legend of Billie Jean <laughs> like was it. released July nineteenth, nineteen eighty five, directed by Matthew Robbins, and this maybe it was actually the most interesting thing I learned today, at least in the context of sort of like the film world. I didn't know that name at all, Matthew Robbins. He yeah. has, I think, been part of the Spielberg game from day one and uh, supposedly has uncredited work as a writer on THX 1138, Jaws, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, Boom. Wow. Had no yeah, clue about bad. that. Wrote Sugarland Express, did Dragon Slayer, Batteries Not Included. Um, also wrote Mimic and Crimson Peak for uh, Guillermo del Toro. And then interestingly, I think he's been working in Bollywood. Like, he's written a couple movies for that market, I think, starting in 2014 and, and has had some success over there. So Whoa. that's an interesting career shift for Matthew Robbins, yeah. but but pretty cool nonetheless. Indeed. Written by Mark Rosenthal and Lawrence Connor, who did Jewel of the Nile, which is also an 85 movie. Also Superman 4, Mighty Joe Young. They did the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes movie, which a lot of people don't like. And uh, I'm not going to offer my opinion on here. <laughs> it stars Helen Slater, who's not a name that I really knew that well. Now, I think I would because she played Supergirl the year before. And yep. she's been in like Smallville and I think is, is on the new Supergirl show. So clearly, I think if you're really informed in your comic book lore... That might be a name that's way more familiar to you. But also, Ruthless People, City Slickers, tons of TV stuff. She's very much working. Christian Slater, this was his first theatrical film role. Nice. Interestingly, that he and Helen share the last name, and they play brother and sister in the movie, and I think they've had to spend the rest of their careers explaining that they are not actually brother and sister, <laughs> um, which is always fun. Uh, Craig, yeah. I had no idea, and I'm dying to see this, but Christian Slater did a TV movie in 1983 called Living Proof, the Hank Williams Jr. story. And uh, boy, I would love to see that movie. <laughs> Wait, in 83? 83. Hank Williams Jr. was enough of a person to have a movie I, I, about him I guess Bo Cephas was Bo Cephas even then. Yeah, I don't know. I was. I had, I had a, I did a double take. Um, yeah. Indeed. Crazy. 
Uh, Keith Gordon. Here's another interesting thing, too. Now, Keith Gordon, I didn't know the name, but as soon as I saw his face, I was like, oh, that's the dude from summer school, right? Or back to school, sorry. Yeah. Uh, he is Dangerfield's son in back to school. And I was also in Christine, was in Jaws, too. Oh, yeah. Crazy successful career as a TV director now. He's done episodes of yeah. Fargo, Better Call Saul, Leftovers, Homeland, Dexter, you name it. That's awesome. Uh, you got Richard yeah. Bradford in here, who's also going to pop up in Trip to Bountiful. Peter Coyote, of course, uh, Jagged Edge. We'll see him in 85. Uh, Martha Gammon, who was in The Flamingo Kid in 1984. You got Yearly Smith, Lisa Simpson, mm-hmm. also in Heaven Help Us. And last but not least, Dean Stockwell. Who, come on, he's the man. But yeah, he's in To Live and Die in LA in 85. Craig, I think we missed him, says he was an uncredited valet and once bitten. Wait, who was? Dean Stockwell. What? I know. I mean, it had to be that that very first track. trip Maybe. to the Sunset Strip that those kids took. Anyway, yeah. But then, you know, Blue Velvet in 86. So the man. Right. Executive produced by Peter Goober and John Peters. And if you don't know those names, let me recommend a book real quick to you called Hit and Run by Nancy Griffin and Kim Masters. Really, really fun, interesting read uh, about these two guys who kind of rose from nowhere. Uh, Not so much in Peter Goober's case, but John Peters was a hairdresser who had dropped out of school at seventh grade and later became like Barbra Streisand's hot and heavy for a long time and then you know made a transition to producing and then they ran Sony Studios after Sony bought Columbia and did not do quite well there didn't last too long but really crazy behind the scenes story awesome juicy read there if you're ever interested in that uh, and then the movie was also produced by Rob Cohen who directed the first Fast and the Furious movie Craig I didn't know that hot yeah. diggity and triple x so he's he's definitely a diesel oh. guy yeah you got music by Craig Saffin, who did Remo Williams this year, and also uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Cinematography by Jeffrey Kimball, who did Top Gun, True Romance, Expendables. This was his first feature. Uh, yeah. Wow. Edited by Cynthia Scheider, who also did Batteries Not Included. I mentioned the movie opened in July. It finished 14th that weekend, so not, you know, not a huge deal. Right. Still made $1.4 million, so that's pretty good for uh Sure. Fourteenth uh, finish, and then finished 129th overall for the year. So yeah, it's in the back half. I think the soundtrack, in some ways, may have been more popular than the movie, primarily because of the song "Invincible" by Pat Benatar. That definitely made the charts. Also had you know Billy Idol song and uh, the Divinals and a couple other things on there. Uh, they shot it in Corpus Christi, Texas. The one location listed was uh, the Sunrise Mall because you cannot have a movie in 1985 that does not have a mall in it. True. We got another good quote from Janet Maslin, who was just dropping gems left and right this year for the New York Times, said, This film is competently made, sometimes attractively acted, particularly by Peter Coyote, and bankrupt beyond belief. It's hard to imagine that even the filmmakers, let alone audiences, can believe in a sweet, selfless heroine who just can't help becoming a superstar, end quote. So I don't, I don't think she liked it. Doesn't sound like she did. Doesn't sound like she liked it. I am, I, I have to say I'm even more intrigued now because I literally do not have any idea what this movie's about. I, I'm still confused too because the synopsis that I read was very brief and said nothing about her becoming a superstar. So I don't know what that means exactly either. Right. There's a really good breakdown of the commentary on the DVD at filmschoolrejects.com. Uh, that Yearly Smith and Helen Slater did. Mm -hmm. There are some spoilers there, so if you haven't watched the movie yet, don't go seek that out if you don't want anything spoiled. 
until we talk about it and spoil everything. Yes. Uh, but a few little trivia things from that were, you know, Yearly Smith was 20 years old at the time, but of course, you know, she has the voice of like a six-year-old. And <laughs> she was playing a 14-year-old character, so they had to, like, bandage her breast. And she said, like, as a result, she totally looks barrel-chested. So we'll look for that. <laughs> they both seemed somewhat surprised watching the movie again whenever they recorded the commentary that it was PG-13. In fact, I think there's a moment where Helen Slater is, like, worried that her daughter, she was like, maybe I should get her out of the room. <laughs> and then she said that she gets recognized for this movie more than anything else, which I find surprising wow. given the, the fact that she played Supergirl. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. And then also, I think Yearly Smith said that she was just absolutely positive that this movie was going to make her into a star. So, <laughs> uh, wow. that, that's always, and I like when, when actors can like be honest about that. And of course, yeah. I mean, she's got more money than God now just from The Simpsons. Like, she, <laughs> right. you know, she's like, I don't, what do I care about being a star? This was on IMDb, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it's kind of unfortunate if it is i don't know anything about pat benatar other than her music but it, it said that she has been known to in the intro to playing invincible live say uh, this is the song from the worst movie ever made which oh, wow. come on there's no way this is the worst movie ever made i can go ahead and yeah. say that right now and <laughs> i thought this was interesting apparently they filmed it says a dance rave sequence now i, I don't know if they had raves in 1985 or not uh, but there was a dance sequence film and then cut from the final version of the movie. And that just seems anti-1985. Like, you're you're taking yeah. out a dance sequence? No wonder it finished. A, Certainly would have at least been in the 90s. Yeah, I think so. Like, that would have definitely given you at least four or more million dollars, probably, at the box office by having a dance sequence. Dance scene, man, yeah. I mean, if Once Bitten had one, come on. Exactly. But that's it, man. That's all I got. I think both of these movies are streaming in various places. And I think you should watch them both, dear listener. I will. Well, oh. I mean, yeah, yeah, you obviously, yeah, you, you, you better. Right. Okay. We'll know if you don't, but uh, yeah, people at home, mm. I think it's time to give the ladies of '85 their due. I agree. I have always wanted to watch this for one reason or another. I remember seeing a commercial for it and thinking, yeah, that it, like it had to do with something with her becoming a folk hero for some reason. Yeah, I think so. But I could never figure out <laughs> why. Like, why it would be so. Well, I got the implication watching the trailer recently that she kills somebody, and that just seems completely absurd to me. Right. So we'll see if that actually comes to play or not. And if you already know what the movie is, don't spoil that. Don't spoil it. I'm kind of 60-40 thinking that might pan out to be the case, which I, I think would be kind of cool if she... <laughs> and yeah. it's sort of like a Bonnie and Clyde true romance kind of thing. Maybe she, yeah, kills more people than Jason did in the last mm. thing. That'd be... Well, as we know, Jason didn't kill anybody in the last one, did he, Craig? Good call, Sean. Boom. Yeah. Now, I'm excited to see both of these things. And, uh, Craig, you want any final words tonight? Uh, I'm sorry for whatever good work I've done, Sean. Anything that's touched people positively, I deeply, deeply apologize. Well, we don't have to worry about this podcast being on that list then, right? No. <laughs> no, I'm not apologizing for this. <laughs> 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 <laughs>